You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a midweek edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are talking about uh, leadership today. We're going to listen to some comments from Britton Covey about leadership and talk about a little bit how Utah can introduce more leadership and more confidence after a disappointing loss to BYU. We're also going to talk about Makai Bernard, the standout from the University of Utah. Get some comments from his position coach and some commentary from Makai himself. And lastly, we're going to talk about one of the Locked On Utes podcast favorite athletes. Yes, yes, that is correct. Danny Drews taking home some hardware this week after their massive, massive uh, win over Nebraska over the weekend and uh, also another win over Weber State. She's had quite the week. We're going to drop some t- statistics on you with that one and also talk a little bit of uh, Utah soccer. All that coming up on today's episode of the Locked on News podcast for September 15th, 2021. Welcome into a Wednesday midweek edition of the Locked On News Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That is correct. We're not going to call it a hump day. Hump day means that like there's something to get over. In the middle of the week, it means that you've already worked hard and you've got something to look forward to. So that's how we keep it rolling here on the Locked On News Podcast. We're all about that mindset, if you can't believe that. The part of the reason is because we know that there's no better place to get all of your Pac-12 conference news then the Locked On Pac-12 podcast hosted by Cindy Robinson. You may or may not hear me in an episode on uh, Wednesday. Who knows? But you can follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to drop a lot of sound on you today because I think we are all trying to grapple with what happened with the loss. And it feels weird to say that, like as if there was some sort of massive uh, thing that happened that just changed everything. But I think it was just, it was so jarring and shocking to see what happened to the Utes on Saturday. We just haven't seen a Kyle Whittingham coach team play that way. We haven't seen them perform or not perform, uh, however you want to phrase that, in, in such a manner in a very, very long time. And so I think it's really important that we hear from the players at this point, especially, I, I really want folks to listen to Britton Covey because Britton Covey hits on something that I talked a little bit about here and there and I probably should have shouted it a little bit louder early in the season with leadership. Uh, leadership was always a concern for me with this team and I think Jake and I talked about like the safety position and just how important and impactful Jalen Johnson and Julian Blackman were during those years and and you know Zach Moss but there were also guys up front that were very impactful in, in leadership roles and I think Britton is a good voice as a leader because he understands a lot of it. And, and it's very clear that they're rolling him out there as much as possible to do these interviews because he is Coach Covey. Um, whether or not he's going to stay with the University of Utah, that'll be the real uh, um, $64,000 question. You know, maybe he does still have NFL aspirations. I think at this point in time, you know, he, he understands how much work it is to keep his body healthy. And so maybe he's ready to move on at some point. Hard to say. But he will be an excellent coach wherever he goes because he has perspective. 
And so we're going to go ahead and let him talk in this interview that I gave to the media. There were some good perspective uh, commentary, some, some good perspective comments on, on leadership and how leadership needs to function after losses, uh, especially ones to your rival where you haven't lost in uh, over 12 years. So, Britton Covey. That it's, it's so easy to be a leader when things are going great. I don't even know if that is leadership because everybody's kind of leading themselves in that point. So when things are going really hard and things are rough, that leadership is really important. So I've talked with some of the leaders about this. The most important thing that we can do is, um, in my opinion, is take ownership of what you control. It's so easy to put the blame on other things. You know, I, I'm sure like uh, players want to put the blame on coaches. Coaches want to put the blame on players. I mean, if you go on social media, you'll see people calling for Coach Witt's job and <laughs> and things like that. And it, it's just so easy to get wrapped up in whose fault it is and things. And and it's all about just taking ownership because um, that gives that I don't know. It brings a sense of freedom to you. It's like I control this. I don't control a lot of what's outside of me. Right? Circle of influence, circle of control. Uh, so for me right now, it's talking to the position group leaders and saying you need to talk to your position group to take ownership Um, because you know I'm not going to have the biggest effect on the linebacker group but Devin Lloyd will I'm not going to have the biggest effect on the DBs but uh, Vontae Davis will so I'm going to talk to them and say let's get together as your groups and take ownership of this and like I said somber today really somber in the facility you know we got humbled um, which I think is good but man, you don't want that to last for more than a day, in my opinion. I, I just don't think that that's good for a team. You got to get your swagger back. You got to be happy. You got to come to work, you know, excited. And and so I think that's what I'm going to try and do. Can you relate it to 2019? It was it was a conference game, but mm-hmm. it was still early in the year. You lost that first game, and there was a lot of frustration in the post-game interviews and doing when we were doing all that. And Coach Whittingham said, "Well, everything is still in front of us. We can win the next game, the next eight games," and you did. Yeah, well, it, anyone that says that you won't lose in life is just lying. You're going to lose. It's not a matter of, you know, if, but it's when. And it's all about just, you know, it's so, um, what's the word, cliche? It's so cliche, but it all, it's all about how you respond, especially a loss early in the season. A loss in midseason, I don't think is as disappointed as, as a loss early in the season because you go into the season not thinking you're going to lose a single game, right? Such high expectations. You lose one early to your rival, and it's just devastating. But then you realize that doesn't affect a single thing in our conference play. Our goal is still to win the Pac-12 championship, go to the Rose Bowl, things like that. And that's where the leadership comes in, I think. It's very similar to 2019. You saw what that team did, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so easy as a fan. I mean, I know this because I'm a Jazz fan, right? It's so easy to overreact to certain (laughs) things in certain games. Um, But you got to simplify things and say, okay, where can we improve? Um, you, you watch the film, and there were certain things where it's just so obvious that okay, that's why it didn't work. It was just one thing. And mm-hmm. so simplifying things, I think that 2019 cast had a great group of leaders. But do you make sure, though, that you tr- don't try to do too much? Like in your case, you know, if the offense is sputtering on Saturday and you get a punt, but it doesn't set up for a good return, you got to make sure that you're still doing the right thing? Yes, absolutely. And it's hard to. I think sometimes you want to, you know, I want to take every punt and not call fair catches and things like that. But that's where it goes back to, okay, you have to trust people who do things that aren't your 
your position, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's all about taking ownership of your job and trusting the guys in their job. And it's hard to do that. It's kind of like delegating, right? It's really hard to delegate certain things, but it's at the end of the day, the best leaders do that. You talked about being somber, and to a certain degree, that's healthy, right. but you can't be somber too long. How would you evaluate the duration of the somberness now, and now you still right. got, uh, you know, you got to get, get past it? Right. Well, I was telling Jeff, um, everybody, you know the saying that everybody grieves differently or mourns differently? I think that's true, but for the sake of respecting a lot of the competitors in the building, I think that we make it a rule that everybody has to come in and have that demeanor. Because if I come in and I see two players joking around, I freak out at them. You know, I got mad at a couple younger guys today because they were joking around before the lift. Um, just as a thing of respect to the competitors in the room, that it still just hurts, you know. Uh, but man, you do not want that to carry over, especially early in the season. You can't have that carry over. That's why I said you can't overreact can't have that carry over. I'm going to come in tomorrow and be goofy Brit. I'm going to be excited. I'm going to go in, get in a fight during practice. You know, I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do, but it just, you got to come in and because we had swagger and you lose it for a weekend, but man, you bring it back and that's up to you. It's, you know, don't rely on someone else to bring it back. Is that swagger easily lost and is it easily to get back? How does that work? It's easily lost. It's difficult to get back. I think just realistically, uh, that's why you need multiple people to do it. And, uh, you need your, your leaders to do it. You need Devin Lloyd to come out with that swagger. You need to have a bounce back game where you bring that swagger back. I mean, you see it, I think, every week in college football where <laughs> if we have a great game this weekend, you know, next week, it's just like that comes back. You, you know, it's all about... Yeah, like Stanford did. Uh, yeah, like Stanford. Think of Stanford after last game. I'm sure all their fans were calling for Coach Shaw to be fired or whatever. Like yeah, that. That's yeah. just the reality of sports nowadays uh, but now my best friend Gabe plays for Stanford and everybody's like this is our year right <laughs> so that's just kind of how it is and yeah. you got to roll with the punches never too high never too low and know where your value lies know that this team is good bring that swagger and yeah. did, you, did you hear that Clay Hilton got fired I did hear that like maybe I, that opens it up even more in the south anybody's yeah, game well I mean that was surprising I didn't even know that would that could happen that early in the season I talked to Clay at Pac-12 Media Day. He's a great guy. Mm -hmm. um, I have no idea what impact that would have on a team. You know, if Coach Witt got fired, that would be a big thing, you know, so early on. So, you know, a feel for him, that's tough. I'm curious, kind of an open-ended question, but what was your biggest takeaway from the game this weekend? Um, phew. I've been so disappointed that it's been hard to take much away until today, I would say. I would say my biggest takeaway is that it's similar to 2019's loss at USC, where it opens our eyes to a couple things that we can do better, that I think we need to do better if we're going to be a great team. And uh, we'll see how we implement that this week going into practice. Uh, it, honestly, credit to BYU. They, they were very well prepared. Uh, they played an amazing game. Um, but it just opens our eyes to a few things that I think we need to do better. So, so I hope that makes sense when I wanted to play that interview with Britton Covey. And, and some of these episodes, you know, it, it, it's a battle for us to decide. Do we want to play sound? Do we want to just talk throughout the episode? Uh, I, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp of the fan base and, and where everybody's heads are at. 
But I think Britain is very insightful, and, and you can tell because they're asking him questions about things like Clay Helton, where you want to get his opinion on things because he has such a good vision and, and, and is such an eloquent speaker. But I just thought that the stuff that he talked about in terms of, of leadership and you know at the very end, too, where he talks and compares it to the loss at USC in 2019, let's... You know, I, I think there are those kinds of wake-up losses that happen. But until we see some real leadership emerge from, you know, he talked about Devin Lloyd and and, and some of the other guys and, and how they're going to establish leadership. There has to be some leadership at some key positions. And I think the biggest position is up front. And Mika Tavua is a phenomenal football player. And he's going to give you effort. And he's going to push. And he's going to demand simply by example uh, but there are some other guys that need to set the tone on, on there as well. I think it's up to Xavier Carlton and Van Fillinger to be leaders. And I say that because they are out there as the future of this program. They have to take it upon themselves to be better, to study the film, to and look. It's really hard as you're getting into the school year and, and, and homework starting to pile up. But you have to sacrifice right now to be better. You have to put in the time in the film room, and it's not just sitting there and rolling the film up. You need to get in there with guys who maybe know things, guys that have been in the program for a while longer, and you have to talk about it. You have to get in there with coaches, and you have to talk about it. You have to learn from this, and you have to go out, and you have to immediately push yourself to be better out there on the field every single play. And that's where leadership kicks in, and it's demanding it by setting the example. It's demanding it by... Uh, how you conduct yourself, how you conduct your business. You know, Britton mentioned that he was getting after some of the younger guys who were joking. That's one of those things where it's you have to feel it out as a player, right? Like you have to understand the circumstance. I, you know, I, I, there were times as a player where I was just absolutely aloof and having fun and not worried about anything because we were cruising. And there were times, and I've had an interesting career because in high school, we always won. In Little League, we always won. The only time I ever really lost was when I was a junior in high school. We, we lost a couple games, and that was hard. Uh, my senior in high school, we lost in the, in the state championship game. That was hard. But we didn't really lose a ton of games along the way there. We lost one to Cyprus, which is bizarre, I know. And then I ended up coaching there. When I went to coach at Cyprus, you know, sorry, I need to stay in order here. When I went to Snow College, we won there. We lost two games in, in the two years that I played there. Uh, won the bowl game my first year. Lost the top of the mountains bowl, which ended up being one versus two uh, my sophomore year. Uh, no national championship for us. Um, that still kind of sits in my sits in my stomach because the way we played, and it was just like how Utah played, where you know we got manhandled. And there is a confidence thing that comes about to where when you don't have the same juice or the same pop or things start to go wrong, guys start to doubt. And, and confidence is a shaky thing. And I think this is getting very long and lengthy when we're talking about leadership and confidence, but these guys have to figure out where their confidence lies. And it can no longer be based on results. It can no longer be based on what's been done in the past. You have to go generate some confidence for yourself. You can do that by film work, by working out, by putting in the effort every single day at practice, by being better, by setting the tone for your teammates, holding them to a higher standard for every single rep, pushing the tempo every day in practice, 
Those are the ways that you can generate confidence. And those are the kinds of feelings that you can bring back that will get rid of that negativity. It's not the joking and the laughing that will get rid of it. It's how you go out and work. You have to work off that negativity. It's like going for a walk when you've had a fight with somebody. You know, that's your cool down. And so I thought that it was very interesting that Britton brought that up. I think Kyle Winningham has spoken on it as well. Wanted to give my two cents on it uh, here, you know, as the uh, really the last line of, of, of leadership and, and commentary with that. I, I don't consider myself to be an elite leader. Um, I understand the role that I usually play in, in most situations, and, and I'm happy to play that role. Uh, but there are times where you have to step outside of your comfort zone and be a leader. So we'll see if the University of Utah football team can find some leaders. Uh, I talked a lot about the defense. There's a ton on the offensive side of the football. But I want to play uh, some sound uh, on one of the guys that I think is starting to lead by example on the other side. Before that, you know what time it is. Uh, it, it's time to talk about that extra cheddar you're going to be making this football season due to bet online. It's your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this, this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. They get their odds out ahead of everybody. It's one of my favorite resources. Uh, you know, they, they put the, and post those odds way ahead of the curve. Here's the deal. You need to head to their website, use your mobile device or your computer, your laptop, whatever it is, to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Yes, that's right. It's up to 100% now. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Coming back here on the Locked On Utes podcast as part of the Locked On Podcast Network and wanted to jump into some sound from two people that I think really, uh, really, hmm, how, how best to describe this? One that really had a major impact on the game and the other that has had a really major impact on the guy who had the impact. Uh, the first one is going to be Makai Bernard and then we'll hear Kyle McDonald. And the reason I think that both of these clips are important is because Bernard uh, showed the kind of leadership and resilience that I think everybody on the football team needed to have against BYU. He had no quit, and he was inspiring. And he ran for the love of the game, as I like to have stolen that line from Keenan Allen, and you could see it. And I think his impact was immediately visible, and it was one of the few bright spots from that game. And I'm not saying that to be demeaning, but it was just – uh, I, I think if you ask the players privately, they're all they all have a bad taste in their mouth. They know that wasn't the effort that they wanted to give. I don't know why that happens, and it's something that I've dwelled on and thought about. Why do you have these bad games? And I think there's a variety of factors, but um, you know, sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce in your direction, and and it's hard. <sighs> It's hard with all the hype that gets built up on this game. You really just don't know. There's still a lot of young guys. There were just so many factors in there, and and you just I don't know if I can pinpoint one. Um, but let's listen to Makai Bernard talk about how he did what he did, and 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 where he stands, and and how he feels about his position on the depth chart and within the team. Uh, dude, you ready to take over the number one spot? Have they have given you any indication what's going to happen? Uh, no indication at all. It's up to the coaches. You know, we're just going to continue to play the game. You know, all, we got a good group of guys, and we're just going to keep working hard, and we'll see what happens. Hey, that's kind of a long time ago. Is that 
time coming, you know, just the way you broke out after showing the patience that you have for so long? Uh, it did, it did. I mean, I've been wanting to get back to my old self, and uh, I felt like uh, I'm getting there, and uh, I still got a long way to go, so just got to keep it up. How do you describe your old self on uh, You know, just what I did Saturday night. You know, I, I've done a lot of that in high school, and I, I've been trying to change it over to college, and, you know, did it uh, on Saturday night, so trying to get back to it. Was it difficult to show in practice with five or four other backs competing with you? I wouldn't say it's difficult. It's, I, I mean, it's just we have a – I mean, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I just game game feeling is different than practice feeling. That's all I can say about that. They say running backs need to get in a rhythm. You know, you can't keep coming in and out in order. To, did you find that to be true for yourself that you need to be in there and getting the ball to get some kind of flow going? Uh, yeah, you, you find it true. To, uh, so coach, like he tried to give us, you know, one drive, you know, each. So you get a whole drive, and you know, it helps us out a little bit. But yeah, you know, try to catch a rhythm, but. Other than that, you know, I've been I've been in this program for two years now, and I'm used to whatever I'm given. So, I actually asked Coach Witt today what was the one thing that he liked from the game, and he mentioned your name. How does that make you feel knowing that your head coach says you? Uh, I mean, it makes me feel pretty good, but uh, we got a lot of things to work on. I'm not the only one on this team. We got offense, defense. We got a shoot 100 100 guys on this team, 100 plus. So, you know, I'm not the only one on this team. I feel good about that, but we all got something to work on. You also talked about his inconsistency with the offense today. How do you guys get back to being a little bit more consistent? Uh, you know, we just got to practice harder. You know, uh, we took, I wouldn't say we took it light last week. We, we worked our ass off last week. Excuse my language, I'm sorry. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, we, we, we worked hard last week, but we got to work even harder this week coming off of L, so. Your pass to the end zone on Saturday wasn't easy. It was also really exciting. Is that a good indication of what you're capable of as a runner? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, uh, I feel like I got a lot more than, than that. I, you know, I busted a couple good runs, but I got to finish those, and that was just only a little bit. What do you think about the family and Carson? Because it's not going to be too far from where you made the mark, right? Right, right. Uh, you know, I got a lot of family coming, uh, so I got to just put on for them. My family called me all last week or, or Sunday, you know, and we uh, we just chopped it up about the game, you know. But it's going to be cool to have them in town and, you know, ball out in front of them. How about maybe high school coaches and friends and stuff? Uh, yeah, you know, a couple called me. They uh, they said they're going to get tickets to the game and try to come and see me. So it's going to be feel good. What was the vibe and the message today at practice? Uh, it was just, you know, we just got to lock in. Um, we had a day off to, to think about it, recover, and we just got to lock in. We're, we're past that. And uh, it's on to a new week. A lot of good running backs tend to get stronger as the game progresses. How would you evaluate your ability to have endurance and be stronger as you get to late in the third and fourth quarters? Um, you just you start to get your legs back. I mean, beginning of the game, you're kind of tight, kind of tense. And uh, after halftime, you start to feel loose and stuff. So I feel like, yeah. for me, after halftime, my legs feel good. Uh, I can run more. So it's just it's a different feeling. Because it did seem like you were better in the second half. Right, and uh, you know, we just we went in the locker room, we changed some stuff up, and we just got everything we needed. I mean, it wasn't enough, but we, we just changed a little bit up, and it was good. You got some action coming out of the backfield as far as receiving. Uh, how good do you feel about that and your role to be able to be productive there? Uh, like Coach would say, you know, I'm a, I'm a threat out the backfield, so, you know, I try to thrive on that. I mean, it's a, it's a big blessing for me that I have the hands I have, so I try to use it. Uh, I love how the coaches incorporate me into all that, so it's a, it's a good feeling. When you first came here, you were young, right? You were 17. 17. When you first got here at that age, what were the difficulties of just trying to get 
acclimated to everything that you're being asked to do? I mean, it's just grown men, you know? Yeah. It was, I'm still 17, still a child, you know? Coming out of high school, I was, I was young in high school too, so, but it's just a lot of grown men. I'm seeing a lot of people 24, 25, and it was just a different feeling. But, you know, being around this team and this family, I got acclimated to it pretty good. When a kid goes to college and doesn't see success right away, a lot of them go right to the portal and look for something else. How, you know, can you just reflect on the fact that you've shown persistence and you didn't just run, right? You put in the work to get where you are. Right, um, you know, just out of my freshman year, uh, went back and watched the film last year and I was just like, I've gotten so much better. And I, I, I literally seen that on film that I've, change from one year to another and I was just like I can only get better so you know that's just what I took out of it. What's been the biggest difference for you this season? Uh, biggest difference I feel like just being a leader you know being the leader in the room uh, a lot of a lot of guys come and ask me questions and I can answer those because I've been in the program for two years now uh, so I feel I feel like that's the difference. Some interesting comments there from Makai and I want to shout out Andrea Urban, who had some really good questions uh, throughout the press conferences. But two things that really stood out to me, uh, number one is the way that Makai mentions how he's been in the program for two years and, and the importance of that is. And I think some of that is because initially when he got in the program, uh, I was told that he had a hard time adapting to the Utah way. And I don't think that means like that he was a problem child or anything like that. I think what it was is that it took him a long time to understand how it is that you're supposed to operate from a mindset perspective, how it is that you're supposed to take your role, uh, even if maybe you're not starting or, or playing as much as you want to. And he said that it took him you know, two years in the program. I get it now. I think the one that was really the most interesting was when uh, PK, I, I believe it was PK, asked him about getting into the rhythm. And he's like, it doesn't really matter to me. I've been in the program for two years. I know how it goes. And that to me is fascinating because I think it's a mindset factor that he has that I think he's developed while he's been at Utah. I think Makai's always been a mentally strong kid. Uh, he's a year younger than almost everybody that he's ever played against. And you can see how uh, that time to develop in the program and develop that mindset has really helped him. You know, and then and he has a, an amazing skill set. I think that's one thing. But the the second part of it too is he's very confident in himself because he's had to go through the hurdles and and the hard times early on, and he's learned how to adapt into the program. Uh, I thought that Kyle McDonald had a lot of good things to say about him. We'll listen to that right here. Well, since we just had Makai here, you've seen him from his seventeen-year-old freshman days till today. Yeah. Where have you seen him grow the most? Uh, I think that he came and became mentally tougher, physically tougher. Uh, this program will do that to you. You know, he's learned the game. He's really developed on and off the full field. He's just growing into being a man at the end of the day. So he's truly, truly become just a tougher person. Is he a three-down back for you right now? Uh, he definitely was uh, this weekend, for sure. But he's definitely he can do it all. He can catch. He can block. A lot of the guys here in this program can do those types of things. So uh, he's he has really grown into somebody that can be a three-down back for us. What kind of satisfaction do you get as his position coach, knowing that he came in here when he was very young and he is, you know, he has stay the course and gotten to where he is right now it's it's all it's always about the players all we do is try to to steer them in the direction that we think that we know that they can be in um develop them and just help them push them to where they can where their goals want to be so it's not it's not about the coach it's not it's never about the coach it's always about the players
your other three backs. They've seen various and assorted numbers of carries in games. Tavion in particular, mm -hmm. another fumble on Saturday. How are you guys dealing with that and trying to maybe get him better with ball security? Got to get him right. Got to get him right. Talented. Talented. Hard to tackle, for sure. Um, so we're going to spend some extra time after practice, pre-practice, whatever it takes. Um, again, we got to be able to hone in and we got to be able to maximize our players. That's part of my job, um, and I got to do a better job with that. How many carries do you think Bernard can handle per game? Uh, 20 plus, I think so. I think that he has the frame to be able to do so. He has the style of play to do so. He's elusive and he can also run for power. Um, he doesn't take a bunch of shots like that. Um, he's kind of slippery in some ways, so he can be a 20 plus guy. But yet he seemed very powerful as the game went on Saturday night. He's he powerful, yeah. He just has, he has a, a multitude of different tools that he can go to throughout the course of the game. What has Tavion's demeanor kind of been, you know, since Saturday, you know, uh, the fumble, but it's, it, it seems like Kyle and yourself, that you still have faith in him. What is his, you know, mindset in mind? I think it's the same thing as everybody's, you know. Uh, obviously, we, we took a tough one, for sure, against a good opponent. Um, but it's just all about getting better, um, maximizing your potential, who we think that he can be. We know that he can help us. He can help this program win games. He's shown that he can help us. Uh, my job is to get him there. Are you guys close to having maybe a set hierarchy with a one, a two, and a three at running back, or is that still a work in progress? I, I think that we're getting real close to having a set hierarchy, but those guys are, are really good. You know, um, TJ's a good player. Chris is a good player. Everybody's going to have their moments this season. We're going to need them all. Um, so it's really going to be per play call, but I think you're starting to see things kind of iron itself out. You get a feel for San Diego State's defense? Getting to feel, absolutely. It's early on in the week, so I have to go ahead and spend a lot more time preparing. Um, a lot of pressure. Um, they go, they're going to mix three down and four down. Um, they run to the ball. They have fanatic finish. Um, they are really well coached, uh, disciplined outfit. They are really, really good. Really good team. They like to run the ball a lot, which means they can control clock. And time possession isn't, you know, the utmost of importance. But how important is it for you guys to make sure you're moving the chains? Because if they're moving the chains, then your offense isn't going to be on the field. Absolutely. You know, we kind of ran into that this past weekend. You know, uh, one offense is moving the chains. Uh, the other one was kind of sputtering a little bit. So we got to stay on the field. We got to score touchdowns, not field goals. So, again, uh, Kyle McDonald talking about Makai Bernard, talking about the mindset of the of the running backs likes the grip that he has no surprise there also giving a little bit of preview as to san diego state talking about how they bring a lot of pressure that should be a, an immediate alert for people now it's a different kind of pressure they think than than byu brought so how that goes down and and how that all factors in could be very very different from what we saw last week so uh this is the right kind of get right game, I think, for the B for for the post BYU hangover. Uh, it's an opportunity to see pressure, improve on what you did previously, and 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 really grow as a team. So we'll see if that happens or not. In the meantime, I'm going to talk to you right now about Bill Bar, who has all sorts of flavors coming out right now. I just got a box of my banana cream puffs. I'm loving them. What I love about Bill Bar, you all know. They taste amazing, but they're healthy too. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Uh, some of them have maybe 18 grams of protein or up to 180 calories, but Built Bar is doing all sorts of good things. They've got the Built Balls now that you can try if you want something gluten-free and dairy-free. Uh, nine original flavors that come in the um, you know the uh, the mix box, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, 
peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something there for everybody to try. You just need to go to Built Bar right now. Uh, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. It is the best promo code out there. LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built Bar. That's Built.com. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know that you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and they offer all the star players, the Power Five, as well as mid major players you might not have ever heard, ever even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Very simple. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play Store. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It really is that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Closing things out here on the Locked On Nudes podcast. Wanted to do uh, some some updating on some news and notes. Big announcement for the running Utes. I hope they're still called the running Utes. Um, I believe they eh, will call them men's basketball team. Uh, well, yeah, there it is right there in the title. Running Utes and Horned Frogs inked for 2021 and 2022. The Utah's men's basketball team signed a deal to play TCU at Dickey's Arena in 2021 and then at Vivint Arena in 2022. Uh, will be nice to get back to Vivint and not have to play in the Beehive Invitational. I never loved the format of it. I always wanted it to be a tournament and not just kind of like a, a one-day thing with everybody there. It, that never felt like it really uh, meshed the way that everybody wanted it to. Um, this leaves one game open on the schedule for the running nudes that they'll need to fill, and, and it's getting late, so they'll have to fill it fast. My hunch is that either they're waiting on something big or they're just going to have to find something to fill in the schedule. And this year has not been great in terms of, of the out-of-conference scheduling. I think that's just how it has to be um, given the circumstances with the coaching change and coming out of COVID and everything like that. Um, but a neutral site game for TCU at Dickey's Arena. Um, they'll return again in, in 2022. Uh, that'll be on a Wednesday right before Christmas. You'll be able to purchase tickets um, beginning this Friday, September 17th at 9 a.m. on Ticketmaster.com. Head-to-head, Utah leads uh, the record uh, between the two former Mountain West foes, 16-4 overall, while also leading while playing at home, 9-2. And on the road, 5-2. The Utes are also 2-0 against TCO, TCU in neutral site games. Last time they faced each other was back in 2011. The out-of-conference schedule now looks at this, looks like this. Tuesday, November 9th, Abilene Christian. November November 13th, Sacramento State. November 15th, Bethune-Cookman. November 20th, uh, Boston College. Uh, 21st, Rhode Island, Tulsa. Um, that's the one that is the uh, uh, Sunshine Slam. 
Uh, Saturday, November 27th, BYU, December the 1st at USC. That's the Pac-12 conference game that's actually being scheduled during an out-of-conference game. And then you'll have uh, Cal December the 5th. And then, obviously, Wednesday, December the 8th at TCU um, in that neutral game in Fort Worth. So it's kind of weird it says neutral, but it's not like it's neutral in the sense that it's like it's in Texas, but not uh, at TCU's arena. It's still in Fort Worth. Um, Manhattan at home, then at Mizzou on December the 18th, and then back home for Fresno State on, on December the 21st. Like I said, still one date open, I believe. Um so we'll wait and see what that one is. Meantime, not a not a bad out out, out of conference schedule, all things considered. Should be some interesting stuff from the running Utes. Excited to see how things look in Coach Craig Smith's first year. I really am. Uh, it'll be nice to not have uh, a hot seat hanging over the situation. Also wanted to congratulate my favorite University of Utah athlete, Danny Drews, who was named the Sports Imports AVCA Division I Player of the Week. Uh, she was named following the dominating performance against Weber State and uh, one of the most significant wins in program history, the road victory at number three range Nebraska. They've now dropped in the polls. I think Utah's actually moved up as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, up to number 10 now. So uh, the uh, selection for National Player of the Week award comes after she led Utah with a season-high 27 kills and 16 digs in Lincoln. Her double-double aided the Utes in a five-set thriller where Utah rallied from down 0-2 to start the match. It really was an impressive rally. Um, she uh, she posted an incredible six, six kills per set against Weber State as well with zero hitting errors. Uh, that's a hitting percentage of 486 in a sweep over the Wildcats. That's pretty darn good. Um, also posted a season-high 20 digs in that one as well. Um, she's averaging 5.6 kills per set over the pair of matches along with 4.5 digs per set. That's really, really good. She leads the Pac-12 and is sixth nationally with five kills per set this season. She's the third player from Utah to earn a National Sports Imports uh, AVCA Player of the Week honor, joining Adora Anai from 2017 and Brenda Barton-Wicker in, in 1997. They will face off this Thursday against BYU. Uh, they'll go head-to-head at 7 p.m. at Smith Fieldhouse in Provo. That'll be an interesting one to watch. also want to point out the fact that Drews uh, was also named the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week. Um, 5.625 kills is a lot. Um, that's just a massive amount, and, and she's just been crushing it per set, I should say. Uh, just a brief announcement as well as Utah uh, women's soccer team heads north to face Utah State. That game will tip, kick, uh, face-off matchup uh, starting at 5 p.m. So that one will be up in Logan. You can find a live stream on the Utah Utes website. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the sound and some commentary. Jake and I will be back with an opponent preview on Thursday. Uh, hopefully, there may be a special guest. We'll see. We'll see. I, I can't tease too much. Um, and then Friday, obviously, we'll wrap things up with a mailbag like we tend to do. I'm sure there will be plenty of questions. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for following us at Locked On Utes on Twitter, for emailing the show, LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. As always, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts, five stars only. And please, please, please tell your friends about us if you feel so inclined. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network for September 15th, 2021.